Welcome back, Broncos Boardroom Blitz listeners. I appreciate all of you loyal fans out there for joining us once again. Shauna Peters is the director of cheerleading and has been affiliated with the Broncos for over 20 years. In this episode, Shauna will dive deep into how the Broncos cheerleaders fit into the team's marketing strategy. Without further ado, it is time for episode 7 of the Broncos Boardroom Blitz podcast. Today, we have uh, Shauna Peters here, the director of cheerleading for the Denver Broncos. Shauna, really excited to have you here. I know you you have a long tenure with the Broncos. You've seen sort of the evolution and you come from a unique perspective uh, working in the cheerleading space. So to start, would love to hear more about how you got into both football and cheerleading and what drew you to the Broncos itself. Sure. I've basically worked for the Broncos for 21 of the last 26 years. I took a small hiatus to go have some children, but I was on the very first cheerleading team back in 1993 and I cheered for four years. And then right after that started full time, um, I interned in the marketing department when the entire organization was less than 100 people um, and then was hired full time right after that as another person in the cheerleading department and kind of have been here ever since in some capacity, whether it's full time or part time. That's great. So initially, did you kind of have sports and cheerleading on your radar, something you could see yourself doing professionally? Or was it something that you kind of stumbled in upon? Yeah, stumbled upon. Although I will say I'm a Denver native and there's not very many of us. I was born and raised here. I went to college in Boulder and never left. And so the Broncos, as far as our family goes, has been, you know, lifetime love for everyone in my family. I tried out for that first team sort of on a whim, heard about an audition and woke up one morning and was like, I'm going to go. Made the team. And it's interesting how you in life can, like you said, stumble on something. I mean, never dreamed I would basically be a professional cheerleader well into my 40s. But here we are. (laughs) Yep. Amazing. So I guess what spawned you finishing your four-year tenure with cheerleading and then realizing, hey, I want to stay with the Broncos. Like, How'd you go about pursuing that internship? Were there opportunities given to a bunch of cheerleaders on yeah. the initial team? I think in any organization, when you sort of have a foot in the door, that always helps. And after four years on the team, and this is true of the women on the team today, there's usually like a life event that instigates you deciding that you're going to move on from that and do something else. And I was ready to sort of focus on my career. And I had made connections inside the organization and we had a marketing director at the time, Rosemary Henratty, who I just did special projects for. And so I think my name was in the mix when it was decided that we needed to have a bigger cheerleading staff. The program had grown, responsibilities had grown, and we had other programming like our junior cheerleader program, which I was largely in charge of. So it was just sort of organic that they pick somebody within the organization to promote in that capacity. And so that's sort of where I landed. I don't think I ever like grew up dreaming of being in sports, but it's, you know, that's how life is. It sort of takes you on a path and you just go with it. Absolutely. It's one of those things, as long as you're finding fulfillment, keep rolling with it, right? Exactly. Now, in terms of how the cheerleading department is structured within the business of the Broncos, does it kind of fall under marketing completely or how does that work? Because I think there's a misconception or there might be a lack of understanding of how much cheerleading is an important factor in the business, whether through all the different departments you work with. And so has cheerleading always been structured under marketing or is that something that's you've seen evolve? Yeah, no. Cheerleading has always been structured under marketing in our organization. But I know throughout the NFL, it's a little bit different. Some cheerleading programs report up to their community development departments, some report up to sponsorship. That's always sort of how it's been structured here. It's interesting because we have a lot of touch points with a lot of different departments. 
And so there's lots of symmetry between departments in the cheerleading department, but we do report up to marketing, although I, sometimes we call ourselves Cheerleader Island occasionally because we are very, very independent in a lot of sense because we do something so specific and unique. But it's always nice when you get to collaborate with other departments. I think that there is like a greater understanding of what they do and what we do and how we can be mutually beneficial. But at the end of the day, the cheerleading program is a business and we run it like a business. Building off what you just said, can you speak to some of the interdepartmental activities you've worked on with sponsorship and game to entertainment, etc.? Yeah. So a lot of sponsorship packages are sold with cheerleader assets. A lot of marketing events require cheerleader assets. The football players aren't always available to go out and represent the team. They have schedules that preclude that and other commitments that preclude that. And we have 26 women on our team that know the organization, understand our brand. We're very confident that they can speak to the brand and interact with the community in all kinds of capacities. And so our organization really uses the cheerleaders to reach out and have touch points with our fan base and at community events in a way that you really wouldn't be able to do if you only had the players to rely on. It's not just practice and then perform at the games. You know, you're going to all the different events and representing the Broncos. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I mean, obviously, we spend two nights a week practicing and we have the 10 games that we participate in. But I would say hour for hour, the women on our team do more in community events than they actually do performing on the field. And it's really a draw for the women on our team. A lot of the women... Although they come from a dance background and a performance background, the reason why they want to do this and be a cheerleader here is because that opportunity to go out and represent in a really positive way something bigger than themselves. That makes a ton of sense. Now, from your marketing internship role with the Broncos, how did you sort of maneuver your way into your current role as director of cheerleading? So back then, like I said, there were 100 people in the company. We were all in one building together, one much smaller building than it is today. And I think that when you have the opportunity to step up in a leadership role, I just think your name is brought to the forefront when it's time to hire somebody else. And they knew that they were expanding the cheerleading department. And at that time, John Beek was our general manager. And I met with him briefly. But I think I was I was probably the only name on the list, quite frankly. But I think when your face is familiar in an industry or in a business, you're sort of the first one to the table when the opportunity arises. So... Absolutely. And one of your strengths is seeing you throughout the office the past few months. And I think a strength that is underrated in the sports business is your ability to maneuver through the social dynamics and be able to relate to different people and talk and get your face sort of on the radar. And to your point, I think that's one of your skills that contributed to getting this director of cheerleading opportunity. So I'm curious on if you have any advice on how to go about doing that in sort of a tactful way. And yeah, you know what? That marketing internship, I mean, I was stuffing envelopes, right? Like, that's my most clear memory, because I think I did it so much. And I think you just have to take the opportunities as they come. And they're mostly not glamorous, right? When you start out, it can be pretty disheartening because you're really excited and motivated to be in an industry, whether that's sports or something else. And then the reality is that you have to just sort of pay your dues. And that's such a cliche, but it is reality. And I think about when there was a small group of us working at that old facility and a lot of the guys that were in the mailroom when I was there 26 years ago have like vice president positions now and are in scouting and they were literally delivering mail 20 years ago. 
So there's just no substitute for showing the people that you work with that you're willing to do anything. And sometimes those little tasks are really what help you learn the business. And you may not see that in the moment, but that is the reality. And that's a great lesson to anyone in sports. You know, it's not just a cliche to your point. It's the reality. You have to pay your dues in order to really move forward in the organization and just demonstrate credibility. Right. Absolutely. So in your current role as director of cheerleading, can you speak to some of your responsibilities? Like obviously you're overseeing the cheerleaders, you're a mentor to them, you're communicating with other departments. Like what are some of your day-to-day tasks? Right. I always sort of say that when I'm a director, my biggest job is chief mentor. I think that's important. We work with a lot of young women, both in our cheerleading program and our junior cheerleading program. And first thing I say every year at orientation is that being a cheerleader is not a full-time profession. And what are the skills that you're going to learn and gain here that are going to help you in everything that you do in the rest of your life? So I would say my number one job is mentorship. It's very important that I'm sort of the protector of the brand, not just the Denver Broncos, but the Broncos cheerleaders specifically. We have really high brand standards, and it's my job to make sure that everything we do reflects those standards, whether that is picking the right team, making sure uniforms are good, making sure the product on the field is good, ensuring that we do media appearances that are in line with getting out our messaging whether that be for sponsorship or marketing. Social media has really exploded in the last four or five years. And so that's a big part of my job that, you know, just wasn't here 20 years ago, which is always a work in progress for those of us who didn't grow up on Twitter and Instagram. But there's a lot of training involved because we are having these 26 women out in the community that it's important that we train them and make sure that they understand how best to represent us and So I would say those are sort of the big things that are my day to day. So many things I want to build off that. So let's start with one of them. One of the themes that I've seen throughout these podcasts is the idea and how valuable it is to find a mentor that will guide you through your career path, especially Mm -hmm. in sports. And I'm curious, both from a mentor and a mentee standpoint, what are some of the qualities and the traits that really stands out that make someone either a good mentor or a good mentee? Yeah. To me, as on the mentor side, I think it's really important that you understand people's strengths, that you get to know them on a personal level, and that you get a sense of what their natural abilities are. Because obviously, it's always easier to write like the train ride downhill is easier than the train ride uphill. And so I feel like it's important that you hone in on those things that those people are passionate about and naturally good at. And then say, how can we foster this? How can we give you opportunities for growth here at the Denver Broncos that allow you to take those skills and translate them outside when you're done here? And I've had a lot of people that acted as mentors to me. And in a very basic way, the best thing when you are being mentored is that you feel like you have somebody that understands you, that believes in your strengths and is willing to give you sometimes hard advice that isn't always what you want to hear, but something that you can really take and parlay into something that can be life changing. Absolutely. And so how, as a mentee, does one go about identifying people that are going to understand them? And in the mentor-mentee relationship, what are some of the key ways that you've seen you know, mentees connect with you and reach out and kind of really get that sense that you understand them? Right. My biggest advice there was people can't read your mind. And you may want opportunities. And if we don't know that you want them, we can't possibly help you make your way to those goals. And I've had lots of women come to my office and say, you know, I'd really love to do this. And I'm shocked because it never occurred to me that that was an opportunity that would be important. 
important to them. And so being an advocate for yourself, I think is really important saying, this is a goal that I have and I can't achieve that goal without your help and leadership and guidance. But being able to advocate for yourself and say that to somebody can be a really powerful thing. I think that you will find in your career that there are a lot of people that are invested in your success, but they can't help you if they don't know that you want the help. And so I think it's important to speak up for yourself. That's really well said. And to your point, being an advocate for yourself applies to any department you're in. And I would honestly go far as say whether you're in the sports industry or not. Right. And even somebody, obviously, I'm a director in a big organization. And there are times that I have to go to the people above me and say, this is what I need. And this is why. And I think if you can demonstrate critical thinking and a real understanding of what you need and why you need it. I think people are very motivated to come through and help you. But once again, even somebody in a leadership position has to know when it's time to speak up and advocate for what they feel like they need. And uh, case in point, this podcast I'm doing. (laughs) That's right. Who would have thought that our analytics guy was going to have his own podcast? Now, you talked about social media and how that had been one kind of key evolution and that's affected your role and affected cheerleading as a whole. Can you speak in the last 26 years to some of the other different forms of evolution you've seen throughout your Broncos tenure and how that's impacted both the team you lead and your day to day? I think in some respects, the core of our cheerleading team specifically is very similar to what it was 26 years ago. We really have prided ourselves on having a legacy and that legacy has a lot of continuity to it. A lot of the concepts that we found together as a vision project in the first year have really rang true 26 years later. I think that When you have a business that has a really strong foundation, those concepts don't change dramatically, but there have been things that changed. I think that every business evolves and I think our business has evolved. You have to be open to that evolution because you don't want to be left behind. And I always feel like I'm curious about what the next thing is for our business, our brand, cheerleading specifically, because I think it's important to be ahead of the game. Certainly, as you mentioned, social media has been a complete game changer as a business, it's a huge asset. I think that there is an enormous amount of reach on social media that we didn't see before. Certainly going in person in the community and connecting with people is always your top priority and the thing that can be most impactful. But the Denver Broncos is really a global brand. And the only way to reach those people now is sort of on social media. It's a unique opportunity to reach out to a base of people that you wouldn't have been able to reach out to before. I think that that's really powerful. It's powerful for us sort of as football fans, and it's powerful for us as a brand with regard to sponsorship. And the great thing about working with a group of savvy women in their 20s and 30s is that they're really connected to that social media on a personal level. And so there's a lot of symmetry with what they do in uniform and representing our brand. So I have 26 amazing assets on social media that really help us do a great job. I mean, the reality is, you know, 99% of Broncos fans worldwide will never get to go to a Broncos game. So I mean, this is a chance for them to have feedback and a one-on-one connection in a way that they wouldn't be able to have otherwise. No question. Now, let's switch gears a little bit, as we know we're catering this podcast to aspiring sports business professionals. 
And if you had to speak to the people in college who are assessing whether trying out for a professional sports team in a cheerleading capacity is an option, how would you go about recommending they assess that if that's a worthwhile venture? Yeah. Every team is a little bit different and the qualifications are a little bit different if it's something that you're interested in. And obviously, danceability in Denver is always number one for us. So no matter what you do in business, you should always think about continuing education. What can I do? How can I continue to educate myself to set myself up for success in what I want to do long term? Beyond that, like I think one thing that people maybe don't realize is that being a professional cheerleader, like we talked about, gets your foot in the door. And there are lots of networking opportunities, whether you want to be in professional sports or you want to work for Coca-Cola or Anheuser-Busch, you will find yourself in situations when you're talking with people at the highest levels in those organizations. And it's a unique opportunity to advocate, like we talked about, for yourself that maybe other people wouldn't have. And it's really about always finding opportunities in everything you do that can set you up to do the next thing on your bucket list. And women in professional sports in general, and specifically cheerleading, have unique opportunities to engage with people that they maybe wouldn't be able to engage with otherwise. No question. That's a great point because cheerleader is so intertwined within marketing and sponsorship. You're not only getting exposure to the Broncos, but you're getting exposure to all the brands that are affiliated with the Broncos and that could lead to great career opportunities. You know, it's so interesting. We have five women that have been on our cheerleading team that are on local or network TV right now. And Not to say that they couldn't have hustled and made those great opportunities for themselves, but I certainly think that being a part of an organization like the Broncos has helped make that an easier easier move for them. Wow, I I didn't even know that. That's a really cool (laughs) cool point. In terms of some of the qualities that you look for when you're picking cheerleaders, I know you talked about danceability is one. You talked about wanting to be the face of the organization. Can you speak to some of those additional qualities that it takes to be successful with the group? Yeah. I mean, our audition process is pretty involved. Obviously, the dance is a given. All of the women do a business interview with a panel of Broncos executives. And once again, that sort of speaks to who are they? Are they somebody that we feel comfortable speaking on behalf of all of us? So that's really important. So understanding the interview process, which for somebody young, interviewing is tricky. It's really tricky. And you go to school to learn the X, Ys, and Zs of you know engineering, for example, but very few people take the time and effort to learn how to interview well. And it's a skill and it can be a learned skill, but I think that not everybody has it as a natural ability. And certainly for the women on our team, that's something that they absolutely have to know how to do. So that's a skill that certainly translates beyond the cheerleading team for them. The other thing that I think people don't, we take a 100 point football test every single year. And so the women have to be football savvy. I mean, you have to know whatever the business that you're in, right? You need to understand the business and we have to understand the rules of football. And so that's important to us. The girls have to know the roster. They have to understand the positions because they have to be able to speak intelligently when they're out and about in the community about football. And so that's another big one for us. But I do think that that translates into all businesses. If you're going to an interview, if you're interested in an industry, you must do the research. You have to understand the industry that you're working for, because I think being able to speak intelligently about it from day one is impressive to the people that you work for. Well said. And in terms of uh, getting better on those interview skills, uh, shout out to uh, Duke's Fuqua School of Business. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Duke. Glad you're doing your graduates proud. Now, I know we're catering this to people aspiring for a career in sports, but I'd love to just hear you know your quick take on 
specifically, you know, being one of the female leaders in the organization and sort of having an impact on so many young professional women, how you feel like the Broncos have done in terms of empowering the voices of women throughout the organization and how that's evolved. Yeah, we have great leadership examples here at the Broncos. We have women leaders at the highest echelon, senior vice presidents and whatnot. There's a lot of leadership by women in the organization, even if their titles don't reflect it. I feel like we have a really powerful group of women that work for us. And I think in all professional sports, there's room for growth. And we had a town hall meeting with our president and CEO, Joe Ellis, and his commitment for us as an organization that we would find new opportunities for leadership in our organization. We're really on the cusp of, of seeing that come to fruition, which is really exciting and bodes well for young people out there that are passionate and interested in sports and are looking for opportunities. I think that women are going to be in the golden age of this. And so we're excited for that. So there's lots of room for growth, but really excited that there's a conversation about it and people are really motivated to see opportunities for women. Absolutely. Let's hope that that trajectory continues to be strong. Now, I know you recently had a spot on uh, HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. So just curious on what are you most excited for specifically uh, the Broncos and cheerleading moving yeah. forward? I mean, there's so much happening in the cheerleading industry right now, and we're sort of a hot topic right now. And I feel like that is a great place to be because we are part of the conversation. Our cheerleaders are really an extension of the female fan in sports. We have the best seat at the table. And I think that our biggest fans are women, especially here in our Denver community. It's women that are, you know, watching us on that field, holding us accountable, that we're doing an absolute great job, that we look great, that our dance ability is as good as it's ever been. The moms are the ones signing their kids up for the 600 spots in our kids program. So there's a lot of relevancy between cheerleading in general and the importance of the female fan. In Denver, I think it's 47% of our fan base are female. Wow. And that's huge. That's half the market. And the Broncos understand that. And I think our team understands that. And we're proud to represent the female fan here. So that's what I think I'm most excited about as we move forward. And obviously, when football does well, we all do well. And I always feel like at the beginning of a season, the opportunities are endless. So excited to see where the season takes us. Completely agree. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I will be watching from afar in Durham. But <laughs> that's okay. But we have a new fan. We have a new fan in Durham that's going to cheer us on every week. No question. So I've been wanting to end all these podcasts with a similar theme around what actually inspires you on a day-to-day basis. What aspects of the job do you find most fulfilling, and you know what's going to keep you here for the next 10, 20 years? For me, that working with the young women on our team is what I absolutely find most fulfilling. I certainly have a responsibility to the organization as a whole, but my deepest responsibility is to the development of those women in ways of leadership that really allow them to shine in the next thing that they do when they leave this building. And it's a very powerful, educated, intelligent group. And I'm proud to be able to be part of their development in any way I can. Shauna Peters, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much. Happy to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed Shauna's great perspective into how the cheerleading group operates within the Broncos. On deck, we have a true business MVP and game entertainment manager, Liz Coates. Liz will discuss the intricacies of how the Broncos pregame and halftime entertainment is conducted so that fans can have the ultimate game day experience. 
On any given game day, I'm working with sponsorship to make sure that we're fulfilling their activations properly. I'm working with community to help with any kind of program that they're running, whether it's Play 6C or it's our Crucial Catch game. I'm working with our stadium operations folks to make sure that we've got parking accounted for and that our folks know exactly where they need to be. Until next time, keep hustling.